It is like Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, subscribe right there to Locked on Jazz. On YouTube and hit the uh, notification button as well. Uh, and you can get a, a little bell that tells you every time. In fact, I get little data points of how many people have done that and then the amount of people that actually watch the show. And it's a great number. So if you really want to watch the show, do that on YouTube. Uh, otherwise, subscribe. Anyway. All right. Um, hello. Hello. To Eli and Jeff and Eb and Lee and Andrew and Cameron and oh my gosh Bryce is not here yet I hope I hope everything's okay uh, thanks very much for jumping in so wow we lost twice let's get the first thing out of the way <clears throat> we don't do what happened in Orlando very often uh, or since 1910 season the Jazz are 65 and 15 against below 500 teams, the second best record in all of the NBA, other than Milwaukee, who's 68 and 15. So that's not something that we're accustomed to seeing. It didn't feel like it was something we we're going to do. We got up by 10. You thought we had it complete control. So without like just giving it a pass, <clears throat> I think that it is like ref, you know, seven games, 12 cities, Seven or seven games, 12 days, seven cities, and you fall apart in the fourth quarter. You know, with and frankly, I, you know, I don't think our guys um, were partaking greatly, but Atlanta, Miami beforehand are like Atlanta, Miami, New Orleans are the three like pitfalls of the NBA. So when you look at this one, it's bad. Like you, you should, can't, losing to Orlando is bad. Like let's make sure it's perfectly clear because you can't get it back. Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma City, and Houston. You're supposed to win all those games. Those are supposed to be ten victories. There's you know there's about twenty games a year you're going to win, and there's about twenty games a year you're going to lose. And then what you do in the middle? And if you lose one of the ones you you're supposed to win, which was last night for us in Orlando, you only get it back by going to Brooklyn and winning, or maybe going to Milwaukee and winning, which we've already done. So I think that's part of it. Part part two, and then we can get into it. Like, But part two is, I've talked about this a lot, the league is way better than we've ever seen it be before. So what's different about the league is that, you know, the three coolest guys in the world, other than maybe Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, have been basketball players for the last 30 years, and LeBron, Kobe, and Michael. Any, any athlete that's over 6'4 is like an NBA player now. 
and there's international expansion and there's no expansion internally. So the talent level across the league is better than ever before. So even on the four teams that aren't really trying to win, Orlando, Detroit, Oklahoma City, and Houston, if you are off by some percentage point, we're 5% less good because we're playing the seventh game in 12 days in seven cities, whatever it might be. I think five, six, seven, 12 years ago, it didn't matter. You, you still got through it and you won. I, I'm not I'm not certain on that this year. Like, I don't think we see a 60-win NBA team this year. I'm not totally sure we see a 55-win NBA team this year, which is really unheard of. Like, somebody usually runs away and goes and gets that done. I, I don't know that that's the case. So it means that the margin on even the nights when you're supposed to win are a little bit different. And frankly, the idea that you're supposed to win all 10 is ridiculous because your winning percentage in these games is like 80%. And so really what you're probably supposed to do is win eight of them. We've, we've, we just got to make sure we don't lose any more of them coming forward. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the angle there. So now a bunch of things about Orlando game. They're disappointed. Houston, Miami game was incredible. So first is, we didn't have the juice. Orlando really can't play in the half court. They got lucky in the first quarter and went five of six on the second half of the shot clock. And then as the game went on, they were about three of 20 in the second half of the shot clock until they hit those two shots, RJ Hampton late in the shot, Cole Anthony shot late, which give Cole Anthony credit. He was pretty incredible. And so when those plays happen late, like you've got to avoid that moment. Like it was, we played a game, I think it was against Milwaukee shorthanded where I said like my only nervousness, we're going to get ourselves in a one possession game where if the ball goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We just didn't do a good enough job of keeping them out of transition. You know, that, that was the whole aspect of that game that night. If you could keep that group in the half court, they, they really became one action and go, and we didn't stop the one action. And that's not good. It's a little reminiscent because they're five out and every guy on their team takes threes. They play nine guys, all of them who take at least three threes a game. It's pretty reminiscent of what we've has been our bugaboo where, you know, guys are just getting to the rim. Now, they only took 22% of their shots at the rim, so they weren't getting to the rim they were driving and actually kind of got us on little floater game and mid-range. They shot 50% on all mid-range, took 38 of them. We took a lot too. We took 32. We didn't get to the rim either against them because of their because of their guys. Um, Obama's really, really good in the pick and roll. And so that was really the problem. You know, they played 20% of their possessions, which is in, you know, probably the top 20 percentile in transition last night. And we're not very good in transition. So, and then the other thing is that we are, absolutely you know shooting the ball horrifically horrifically i I don't i I have not run the numbers um i can't imagine we've had many nights in which we were eight of 42 um i know tyson ewing had some incredible stat going that we'd had 10 threes in some amount of games Joe Ingles, one of seven. Donovan Mitchell, two of 12. Jordan Clarkson, two of 11. Boyan Bogdanovich, one of five. 
Woo! That's how you lose. This is not rocket science. You shoot 19% from three and 38% overall. That's how you lose. Now, we couldn't get to the rim <clears throat> because Mo Bamba guards the rim really well in his 23 minutes. And uh, so we end up taking more mid-range shots. No Mike Conley is really bothering us this year. We have looked pretty horrific offensively in both the Orlando game for periods of time and the Chicago Bulls game without Mike Conley in a way that didn't seem to happen a year ago. Our offensive rating was a 102 last night. Um, So the fact is that whatever last year, I mean, honestly, Donovan played really well at point guard and Joe Ingles played really well at point guard. We were, I think, 15 and five or 14 and six without Mike Conley last year. We're 0-2 right now, and we don't look right. That Everyone has to take a little bit of a different role. Now, it could all stem back to Jordan. It could um, also all stem back to um, the play of, you know, just the collective group not shooting the three well. Uh, or, you know, frankly, we miss George Niang, and some of those secondary lineups had George Niang with uh, our guards on the floor. So when you, when you look at the way these things are um, – taking place, we're not playing as well in uh, the minutes that we played well when Mike, you know, when Mike Conley sat last time. Joe Ingles is, is, is having an unbelievable shooting year until last night, but still great. He's not got his pick and roll game going the way he has um, in years past. So I think, you know, that's keep an eye on that. Like we have not, we've not gotten that going. Um, I want to talk about Jordan Clarkson, the struggles. Uh, I want to talk about the Miami game because it was great. And there were some really interesting things to that game. It was one of the better basketball games you'll see, but Orlando's the top of mind. Uh, so we'll touch on both those things. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross. The Murdoch family has decided, and uh, respectfully to all of you, to not include increase MSRP at all. Uh even though there's a car shortage, even though all these things are going on, even though a lot of people are doing it, they're have decided that that's not the community they want to live in and be a part of. So as we head toward the end of the year, the absolutely awesome uh, SUV lineup that includes the Traverse, the legendary Suburban, the Tahoe, um, the tracks are all available for you um, at Murdoch Chevy, plus great Murdoch Silverado, plus the amazing Murdoch, Colorado. Excuse me, the Chevy, Colorado. Uh, with any purchase of a 2020-22 car, you get a season at Solitude, and then we'll all be skiing together. Uh, so head over to Murdoch Chevy, located in Logan, as well as Woods Cross. If you want to uh, email me first, and I can set you up with a meeting at any of those places, it is the time of the year to jump on some of those bigger cars. There's some tax uh advantages to it today's show is also brought to you by built bar right the great flavor built bar what is the mystery flavor they've guessed the flavor and you can win a prize they have a mystery flavor right now plus paranormal pumpkin is out coconut marshmallow blueberry muffin cherry lime and strawberry puffs plus all the regulars the nine core flavors from peanut butter brownie to coconut to mint brownie to coconut almond to salted caramel to raspberry double chocolate cookies and cream cherry barcia are all Available for you. It's 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, six grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. It is all built bar. Go check it out. Promo code LOCKED15. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious protein bar or a candy bar. 
You decide. It's built.com. All right, so um, the Miami game was amazing. Miami's fascinating because they run so many different combinations. And so when you try to, it's very difficult. What the Jazz are at their best at is coming up with a game plan, taking away the primary actions of a team, and making it so that they have to go and do something else. Quinn's the master at this. Miami, who has, you know, other than the addition of Kyle Lowry, who's such a veteran, it might not matter. Some of the kind of continuity concepts that are matching to what we have do some interesting things. So Tyler Hero runs 39% of the pick and rolls. Jared, uh, Jimmy Butler runs 29% and Kyle Lowry runs 20%. That's kind of like we are. Conley, Donovan, Ingles, three different ways to play. But inside of Tyler Hero, he comes off Bam out of Bayou, Jimmy Butler, or Kyle Lowry, or Dwayne Dedman, about the same amount. Jimmy Butler comes off Bam out of Bayou, Kyle Lowry, Dwayne Dedman, about the same amount. Kyle Lowry comes off Bam out of Bayou, Dwayne Dedman, Marquise Morris, Jimmy Butler, all about the same amount. Bam, probably the most. So that makes them really, really difficult to guard. The Jazz actually did that pretty darn well to the point where Miami went back to last year's offense and ran Bam out of Bayou as the primary offensive source, handing off, doing all the things he did a year ago. His assist rate had gone from 27 down to nine. (coughs) Excuse me. And then took them, and he, he really hasn't been that handoff guy, and they went back to that offense. Shows you a lot of how great Miami is, that they have that type of offensive versatility in what they can do, um, and pretty difficult to guard. Uh, but that was a great game. And our battle back, we were right there at the end. Um, in fact, talking to the coaches, everyone was pretty pleased with what they experienced and what they saw in that game uh, from the Jazz. They'll probably be less pleased with, I mean, Orlando, there was a lack of going after loose balls. There was a lack of getting back defensively. There was a lack of focus. There was a lack of taking advantage of being the superior team. And so I think that you, you know, Orlando's the one now. And all of those things, while maybe not acceptable, stem back to possibly playing seven games in 12 days in seven cities, right? Like, well, why would suddenly a team that has only lost 15 games over three years to below 500 teams lose a game like that? Why would they have all those characteristics to them? That seems to, to vibe. So what's going on with our shooting, though? So I went and looked at, one of the things that was the signature to our shooting a year ago was our early offense. So what we really did last year is, is we started taking, uh, we were in 1920, we played the most half-court possession teams of anyone in the NBA. And so then this year, we or last year, we started playing more in transition. We were 17th in the league in transition shots. So we weren't playing a lot, but we were fifth or first in threes. So we would run, and over 50% of our shots were for three. And we hit on 43% of those shots, which is about 1.3 points per possession and is golden, right? That's how we were winning games. And if you go back and look at that, so 13 a game, took seven threes. Clarkson shot 41%, took the most. Boyan, 45%. Ingles, 51%. Donovan actually was below his season average at 36%. Royce was at 38 and Conley was at 43%. Okay, that's pretty great. This year, it doesn't feel like we're running as much. 
We're actually, though, taking one more shot in transition offense than we did before. We're still taking the same amount of threes. And instead of making them at 43%, we're making them at 33%. I have not updated this since the Magic game. So we're, again, 17th in shots. We're fifth in threes now. So in other words, us at 50%, either teams are running more often and getting more threes, or Memphis, I think, is one of them. They're, they're just getting up more threes. Team, teams are following our lead. The numbers are pretty stark. So Joe's been great. And I mean, Joe's the best in the league at this over the last five years. He should just, we should get Joe out and get him into these positions as much as possible. And that's part of the problem that when Conley's not playing, Joe's coming back for the ball to play pick and roll and lead the team. Uh, and Forrest did it more with Joe now that we're play, playing that kind of rotation also. And maybe that'll change when Rudy Gay comes back, but we're playing that Trent Forrest, Jared Butler moments, minutes in that when Mike Conley's out. Um, and those actually are not going particularly well either. And Joe's not having the ball in his hands as much to play pick and roll because of that. Anyway, Joe's four of five. Conley's five of seven. And Royce is five of 10. Those guys are nailing. The three culprits going into last night, Donovan was three of 15 in early threes. Jordan Clarkson was one of 12. And Boyan, who hit one last night, was one of 10. Th- those are just unusual numbers. Now, Frankly, Joe Ingles and Mike Conley combining for 9 of 12 is equally unusual. Um, But the fact that we're getting the same shots at the same time and the same amount, and something, note that the other rest of the league hasn't come out with some answer, stopping our transition or stopping our threes, to me is pretty encouraging. I mean, going into last night, we were number two in the NBA in offense, fourth and half court possessions, 28th in transition, and shooting 34% from three. Like, those things... Lead me to believe that we'll get better. The other aspect is the first nine seconds of the shot clock. And this is where I do think we're lacking some ball movement. In the first nine seconds, I think we're lacking some ball movement. We we took about uh, 15 threes a game last year in the first nine seconds. We're down to 12, and we're from 37 down to 33. A lot of that's Jordan. He's three of 23. A lot of this is all Jordan, quite honestly. Like... Let's not, like, there's a big white elephant in the room, as they say, and let's talk about it. Like, he's been awful. Like, I I don't know what to say. Like, um, I think I saw that it's the worst 10-game, three-point shooting stretch in the league. The Lakers are struggling because of the fact that um, the uh, Lakers are struggling because of the fact that Russell Westbrook's so inefficient. He's actually way more efficient than Jordan Clarkson. We run... We run uh, points game this week. Jordan's going to be far worse than, than Russ. I mean, he's taking nine shots. He's shooting at 20-something percent. Like, it, we, it's it's really hard to overcome. Like, it's actually probably stunning that the Jazz are 7-3 and three with a guy who's taking their second most amount of shots having this kind of year. Doesn't mean he won't get out of it. Doesn't mean he won't fix it. It doesn't mean any of those kind of things. It just, that's the reality, that if Jordan Clarkson's going to have this type of season, and this kind of, um, you know, lack of success, if this happens all year, we're not good. Like, let's be honest. Like, if, if our number two scorer is going to shoot 22% from three or 18% from three, I don't, I don't even know what it is right now. It, it's really, we, we talk about this with points gained if you're a longtime listener of the show. And we talk, you know, I've talked a lot about Russ and, and our analysis of Russ is, is why the Lakers aren't going to be good and the, and the Wizards are going to be good. This is kind of the, 
the core of this program, if you're a listener uh, with regularity, okay, well, we've got it going on right now. Like I, I always say a negative offensive player is, is brutally difficult to overcome. Like Jordan Clarkson is shooting 34% and 22% for three from the season, taking nine threes a game at 22%. Like it's, it's who we are and what we're doing. Um, but it's really, really, really hard. Um, so, um, I think it's, you know, when you have, when we look at all these numbers and we analyze all this stuff, um, the fact of the matter is we're missing shots and one guy is largely missing shots. Boyan's not great. I mean, Boyan's shooting 31%, Donovan shooting 30%. There might be a little collective juice to it. Maybe we can, in that early offense, we can get one more pass out, but I'm pretty certain if we look at our shot quality, our assists, our potential assists, our when our shots are coming, where our shots are coming from, they're all the same. They're all the same. We're seven and three, and we haven't seemingly clicked, and we're still like the top four offense in the league going into last night. Like, it's kind of all over the place. All right. We'll look at some NBA um, trends. Uh, I think we kind of analyze all those, take some of your questions uh, as we continue uh, as well. Uh, today's show is brought to you by DirecTV. If one remote for this, one person's login for that, one person's this for that, and these and those, all done. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies, shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. What I want to tell you about is just with non-hassle, non-contract, non-clutter TV. And it's from DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device content varies by package. It's directtv.com. The other today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. This is fun. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers NBA props more than any other DFS operator, offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only record a handful of minutes each game. Offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to field goal attempts to three-point attempts to misses, probably. Not that we should be talking about that. Go right now, get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on your entry. It's up to you versus projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries as well. So you can play Monday Night Football and NBA all at the same time. Use the award-winning app on both App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. All right, uh, Mondays, we always like to look at trends. I also like to look at questions. Let's go uh, jump on the line. A lot of red flags. Once again, the Jazz lose the game. They have no business losing to a superior athletic guard that always gets crushed by ultra-athletic guards. Bad signs, no finals. Um, I think the bad sign in this one's a little different, which is I thought that I just didn't like the fact that they had one action, went, and we couldn't stop that. Like, we knew what, they didn't want to play in the second half of the shot chart. They can't, they're not, once they get stuck, they're not good. So they're coming in one action and going right at you. And we couldn't stop that. Um, and, you know, see what we can, and that, that's dis, that was disappointing um, to me. Uh, if we're really focused on guarding the yard, are we a tick slower in getting to sweet spots? You mean, is our defense hurting our offense? I mean, if our players begin to think that we're in trouble. Um, uh so I think, um, you know, um, 
I, I, if that's what you're asking, I mean, that, if that's true, that's that's a problem. Uh, when should we start to worry about our three-point shooting, if at all? So I'd have to go individual case by case. Like, so like if Joe Ingles was suddenly not shooting the three well and Mike Conley was suddenly not shooting through, well, I'd worry about their age and their legs. Well, that's not happening. Um, you know, can Jordan Clarkson really go from a 34% three-point shooter to a 21% three-point shooter? Probably not. You know, something's off. Now it's pressing. Certainly, you know, he's pressing, right? He's it's visible on the court. Um, Boyan has altered his game a little bit. So that he's driving the basket, he's taking many, many more shots at the rim than he used to. He's the numbers are are amazing. Twenty-eight uh, percent of his shots are at the rim. Last year was eighteen percent. He's actually up on rebounds, shooting fifty-five percent on twos. It also means he's shooting less threes, which means that like that night that he needs to go get his numbers back to normal is not going to happen for a while. So that his numbers are going to stay down because he's only taking three or four now instead of seven or eight. I'd rather have him take seven or eight, but I like I like his adaptation. Um, so I think you have to look at an individual case by case basis. Again, I, I just can't find any data point that tells me that there's something larger and from the jazz standpoint, in the sense that they're not getting the same shots, they're not getting assists, they're not having potential assists, their QSQ is different. Like none of those things are different. So it's I think it's a little bit of a collective this or that right now. Maybe there's a little bit more selfishness. I don't know. Maybe there's one less pass. I mean, there's definitely less passes being thrown. Uh, I, I don't know that. Um, why doesn't Butler get minutes? It seems like it'd be wise to get him some development. Is Foster really, that, is Forrest that, really that much better? Um, well, first of all, we're really not at a development stage. Like, like we're just, he's either got to be good enough or he's not. If you want him to develop, let's go send him, let him play in the G League. That team looks like they need it. They just um, signed Casey Edwards though. So I don't know what role, I mean, I would think Butler would play over Casey Edwards, but they, I don't think they signed Casey Edwards thinking Jared Butler was going to be there very often. Um, so, I mean, I don't, you're not going to develop him. You're not, I don't think you're willing to lose games to develop him. You're, you're willing to give him minutes to actually rest Mike Conley. So Mike Conley's healthy at the end of the season. Like that's where the focus uh, level is. He has not been very good yet. Um, and Forrest defensively has been better, was really good um, against Miami. And I'd have to go, I I'd have to go back and look last night and see how he was. I mean, very good. In the game, excuse me, he was terrific defensively. So I'd have to go back and look and see where he was last night against um, Orlando. Um, I know we all love JC, but he can't go plus 20 one night and brick 15 shots the next. No, you can't actually, because then three out of four. No, actually, then you become what's called a 50-50 player. And the beauty of what we were last year when everybody was playing well is we avoided having a 50-50 player. So a 50-50 player is averages 17 points a game and gives you 24 one night and then gives you 10 the next, and you lose on the 10, and you win on the 24, and then your team's 500. So a 500 player. What's really much more valuable is a player just gets you 17 every night. So what the Jazz have had is Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, all being pretty solid and steady, and then the variance has been Jordan Clarkson, and when he hits, we're unbelievable. And when he doesn't, we survive it. Right now, not everybody else is on their game, and so you can't survive it. And that's, you know, that's largely the problem. Um, good morning from Barcelona to JJ. Thank you very much for saying hi. Uh, by the way, we're home now forever. Like that was, you know, a lot of road, not brutal. I mean, I'm tired, but like not brutal, but just a lot of road. Um, probably not brutal because I'm old and I don't go out anymore. Um, and I got good restaurants the first time and love being back on the road. So uh, by the way, I just want to make sure this narrative is like killed, like, for a championship caliber team, we can't keep losing to bad teams. Like, okay, we don't. 
We have the second best record in the league against below 500 teams over the last three years. We're 65 and 15. Like we don't. The fact of the matter is we don't. So don't give me the bull crap about, oh, we lessened, we lowered our level to the opponent. Like that's actually not true. We lost a game, which leads me like the fact that all of these things took place that are very different than before leads me a little bit more into kind of the believing that something took place. All right, let's look at some trends. Uh, top five teams in the league in point differential over the last two weeks, Golden State, Miami, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and then Utah, the six. It's really interesting. Everything's beginning to like, the stratification is beginning to happen. The Clippers are up to seven all of a sudden. You know, Washington is actually still staying around nine, might be real. Portland's moved up to 11. The bottom five are Detroit. Memphis, interestingly, is is bad. Houston, New Orleans, Minnesota, Charlotte, Orlando, kind of what you'd think. The surprises recently are Atlanta and Memphis. Offensively, top five teams over the last two weeks, Miami, Utah, Philadelphia, New York, Toronto, super interesting without Pascal Siakam, and Phoenix. Um, The offenses in the West are almost getting exactly where I thought they would be with points gained, by the way. Uh, The teams that can't score are Houston, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Minnesota, surprisingly, Memphis, San Antonio, and Orlando. That's exactly what points gained said. It's really interesting. Best defensive teams, Golden State and the Clippers are out of this world right now. 95 points per possession. Brooklyn, Phoenix, Denver. Surprising Denver with Jokic is that good defensively. Give him credit. Jokic may be having a better year. And then San Antonio, six, which I think everyone kind of thought. So Phoenix is really warming that up a little bit. We're 17th defensively over the last two weeks. It's a little disconcerting for all the talk of how great we're going to be defensively. Teams that can't defend Charlotte, Detroit, Atlanta, New Orleans, Memphis, and Houston. So those trends are interesting because what we're beginning to see is that stratification. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate you all very much. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Locked on NBA is available for you to recap the weekend. Josh Lloyd talks to three people about the biggest stories in the league. Great edition of Locked on today if you want to catch up on the NFL. And there's also the Locked on Now NFL recap show, both on YouTube at Locked on NFL and on Locked on Now podcast. Check that out. See you.